Okay, if you would pray with me to get ready for the sermon. Father, I think we really want to hear from you. And I ask that that you would pour your spirit out strong uh, upon every person that can hear my words. Uh, Everybody who's watching later online. uh, Lord, I ask that you would make your words in scripture come alive. That you would teach us things. That you would reveal who you are to us. uh, That you would... Speak to us in a way that that we grow and and follow after you even more. So, for the glory of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Maybe seated. I'm going to be teaching out of Matthew 14. It's the same gospel we just heard. So, if you have your print Bible, I encourage you to open it up, grab a pen, get ready. You can make notes. If you have it on your phone, open it up. I don't know if you know how to make notes on your phone, but uh, but you may want to do that. But I encourage you, uh, not only today, but all during the week, when you get out the, the scriptures, uh, be prepared to write things down that God shows you, you know, so you have them for later on. Underline things, circle things, get into it. Um, uh, I have, today I want to talk about adventures. Uh, does anybody recognize who this is? Have you seen the movie? Yeah, this is Bilbo Baggins. The movie is The Hobbit. And, uh, it's, you may have read the book. Um, it's, uh, Bilbo was, if you haven't seen it or read it, Bilbo was very comfortable in his life, didn't want anything nasty and, uh, odd as adventures to come into his life, but he was invited to go on one, in fact, expected to, and finally he decided he couldn't resist any longer and went running off without his pocket handkerchief saying, I'm going on an adventure. Uh, and I, I bring that up because, uh, I, I love adventures. I always have. Uh, when I was a little boy, in fact, this book had a, a big impact on me. Uh, when, when I was four or five, six years old, uh, I could hear what my parents were doing in the kitchen after I was sent to bed. And what my parents would do is they would, uh, one of them would clean up after dinner and wash all the dishes and put things away, and the other would read. And so they'd swap off uh, who did what. But they started reading The Hobbit. And then after that, they followed it up with the trilogy that Tolkien wrote called The Lord of the Rings. Uh, the Fellowship of the Ring is, is the first book in that, but you may have seen the movies or read it yourself. But I was fascinated, and I knew I wasn't supposed to get out of bed, and so I would crawl down to the end of my bed, at the foot of my bed, to get my ears close as I could so I could hear better what was going on in the kitchen. And uh, and I would listen to it, and I loved the story. I loved the adventure of it, and it would impact me. Uh, I would I would go out and, and play. It would inspire my adventures the next day. We lived. We had a number of acres of of woods and fields and and all where I when I was growing up and very young. And I'd go out, except I twisted a little bit, because generally instead of being a hobbit, Bobo Baggins, uh, I'm more related to being Spider-Man or to being Tarzan. And so most of the time I was taking off my shirt and my shoes and and and, uh, and socks and, and sometimes even my shorts, because I was Tarzan. And I'd go out and have adventures. And uh, I love adventures. Y'all like adventures? 
I think it, it's, it stayed with me. Uh, the movies I tend to like are movies that, that have that sense of adventure. The books I tend to like are the books that have that sense of adventure as well. And today, uh, I, as I was preparing for today and reading over the gospel, I realized that Peter had an adventure and that there's something in that that I think can speak to us and inspire us as well. Now, it starts, you know, the, what has just happened before we pick it up is that Jesus has fed the 5,000, and he did it with uh, five loaves of bread and two fish. And so there was an adventure that went on there before we even started. But that's what has happened. And when we pick up, it says, immediately after this, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and, and go on ahead of him to the other side. Now, this was the Sea of Galilee. If you've been to to uh, Israel, you may have been out on the Sea of Galilee. It's a real place, and you can look it up on a map, maybe in the back of your Bible. But he made them go on ahead of him while he dismissed the crowd. He gave them an early out. And as he dis- after he dismissed the crowd, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone, but the boat... And who's who's in the boat? Interactive today. All the disciples, right? In the boat, it was a considerable distance from land, but it was buffeted by wind and waves. The wind was against it. Anybody ever been in a boat and you tried to row the boat against the wind? Anybody? Yeah, we have a few nodding heads. It's hard. It's hard to do it. And and even though these were tough, strong guys, they were going slower than a walking pace. You can walk faster than they could row this boat going against the wind. So it was pretty tough on them. Um, says, during the fourth watch of the night, so really late into the night, Jesus went out to them and he was walking on the lake. Think about how cool that is. I know it's a Sunday school story. A lot of you have heard it a bunch. But think about how cool that would be. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified because nobody walks on the lake. and It's got to be a ghost. And, and they were terrified and said, it's a ghost, they said, crying out in fear. Right? So so already the, the adventure is... is Ramping up, but Jesus immediately said to them, calm down, take courage, it's me, it is I, don't be afraid. Well, this impacted Peter. Uh, Peter was the, the most impetuous out of all of them, right? You've heard that before. And, and Peter asks Jesus for an adventure. I think Peter looked at him and said, this is amazing. How cool is this? I want to do it. He said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. He asked Jesus for an adventure. I mean, wouldn't you want to do that? Is there anybody here that would like to do that? Yeah? Anybody online? Yeah. It would be amazing to be able to go on an adventure. Okay. He asked the Lord for an adventure. Have you ever asked the Lord for an adventure? Okay, 
Uh, it could be a big one or a small one. Um, one adventure that I asked God for, I was, I was in college. I may have said something about this before. I wanted to go camping. I was like, oh, God, school is so hard. I want to go camping. So stressed out because school, you know, you know how tough school is. I want to go camping. So my roommate and I made plans to go camping that weekend. And it's the weekend now, and we're headed in. We're, we're uh, driving around Atlanta so we can go up into the mountains. And we see that there are storms rolling in. The radio is saying, there's big storms going to cover all of North Georgia this weekend. And we're like, oh, no. And my roommate was ready to turn around and go home. I was like, no, you know, I want to go camping so bad. Oh, God, could you just keep the rain away from us? Because we want to go camping. I thought you said this was a good camping weekend. How, you know, just let us go camping. Ask the Lord for an adventure. And, and against my roommate's better judgment, we went ahead. And we went up on Blood Mountain, if you've ever been in North Georgia, to Blood Mountain. We went up on Blood Mountain and set up our tents and, and, and camped that night. And all night long, we heard thunder crashing nearby. And we saw lightning all around us. Where we were, we could see on both sides. And, and, and there's lightning all over the place. And next morning in, in the hiking store, we heard that there had been uh, flash floods on the mountain all night. But where we were. We didn't have them. The worst we got was missed. We had an adventure, y'all. It was amazing. I, it, 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 it showed me that God was real in a, in a new way. Uh, as I grew up, I, I wanted more adventures. I wanted to go places and travel around the world. I wanted to go to Africa. I've been to Africa four times. The, the place I wanted to go most of all in the world was to go to Israel and see the places that Jesus, we know that Jesus was and where he did things. And I've been to Israel and done that. I've been in the middle of South America. I want to go to Alaska. I really want to go out in, in, in the wilds of Alaska. And, and so I'm looking forward. Oh God, you know, give me an adventure in Alaska. I want to go back to Israel again. There are places I want to go. Have you ever asked God for an adventure? Have you ever asked God to to meet the deep desires that you have in your heart? Because I think that God has a role in putting those deep desires in us. You know, we, they're, they're there very often for a purpose. You know, oh God, uh, uh, maybe it's college or, or, or a career that you want. Oh God, you know, uh, I, I really want to go to such and such a school. Could you help that to happen? Uh, God, I really want to have, it's just in me. I want to do this as a career. I want to have, uh, I want to be a teacher that helps kids love to learn. I want to be, uh, I want to have a yacht. I want to be on stage. I, I want to make a difference. Oh God, can you make a way for me to make a difference? Maybe it's that you want to get married or you want a marriage that's, that's, a good kind of an adventure. Uh, I, I remember I prayed for my wife regularly from the time I was 16 or 17 years old. I, I prayed, oh God, I, I want to, I want somebody that loves you more than me and, you know, somebody who's, who's gorgeous and, and somebody who gets my sense of humor and, and all that. And, and I prayed for that adventure and, and, and God responded. I think, to that prayer. I also had to pray, oh, God, make me the kind of guy that she'd like. And that was an adventure, you know, and growing to be that kind of a guy. And so far, she still likes me. 
I'm very glad for that. But have you ever prayed for an adventure like that? Uh, have, have you prayed something like, oh, it's deep desire in my heart, God, that you would use me, that, that my life would be significant for you? Uh, I want to make a difference. I want to honor you with everything I have. I want to know what it is to follow you like Peter followed you and James and John followed you. I'm, I want to know what that's like. It's an adventure that you're asking for. I think God loves adventures. I think he, he, it, it's part of his character so it's woven into who we are as people. That we want more than the mundane we, we're drawn to epic stories and movies because they resonate with something deep within us. But too often we're just too content to sit in the boat. It, it's comfortable. There aren't dragons when you're sitting at home. And you might have to meet dragons if you go out on an adventure. Uh, but, but you can also get swept up in something that's bigger than we are. And I think we love that. I, I think we love being a part of something that, that re- reveals, the, you know, power and quest and, and uh, being fought for and fighting for. I think, I think we respond to things like that. And too often we're like Bobo and, and instead we just stay at home. But Peter asked Jesus, for the adventure, and what did Jesus say? He said, Come. Now, here's a question for you, and I really want you to think about it. Maybe you have an answer to this. Why do you think Jesus said, Okay, come? Instead of, Oh, no, no, this is, uh, this is so that you can learn something that will uh, give you something to think about and. Be theologically accurate when you do. Why did Jesus respond to Peter and say, okay, come on? Was it to teach a lesson? Was that the main thing that you think was in Jesus' heart? Was it a spiritual message, a Sunday school point? Was he trying to teach theology? I think, here's what I think. I think it wasn't any of that stuff. Those are stuff that we can get out of it. But I think the main point is, God wants us to become fully alive. God wants us to become fully alive. He he came, Jesus came, that we might have life and have it abundantly. What are we doing if we're not becoming fully alive? Uh, I, I think he wants us to... Do more than just go through vain repetition every Sunday and, and try and be a good boy or a good girl. And, and, and you know, being good is, is our goal, to live respectfully. I think those are good things. I don't think you should say, oh, well, pastor doesn't want us to be good or to be respectful. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there's more, there's something bigger and grander and deeper than just those things. I think a heart that becomes fully alive in God is an amazing thing. The earliest followers of Jesus, 
lived lives that were in such contrast to the normal, mundane religiosity of the day that this is what they said about them. They are turning the world upside down. Is the church today turning the world upside down? Do you feel like your life has been turned upside down because of Jesus? What, what are we missing out on that they had? Most of us, I think, have such a pale, washed out picture of what it means to be a Christian that it doesn't stir us anymore. It, it makes sense. You know, it keeps us out of a lot of trouble. We've got peace and, and tranquility in our lives. All of those are good things. I get it. But there's more to this life than just avoiding trouble. If we took seriously the things that Jesus said and, and when, what life could be like when he says, Come, follow me. I think it would turn our lives upside down. I think it would overflow on the people around us. And they would say, you're turning our our world upside down. If we took, Jesus said, really it all comes down to two main commandments. If you can get a hold of this, this is going to to impact your lives in, in ways you don't imagine. This is what it all hinges on. And if we took this seriously, it would start to do that. Jesus, when he was asked, what's, what's the most important thing out there? And he said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart. What would it be like to love God with all our heart? I mean, all our hearts. I'm not talking about, well, I go to church every Sunday. I'm glad you do. But do you love God with all your heart? Do you love God with all your soul and, 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 and the, do you daydream about God? Do you, do you, uh, do you, do you find yourself thinking about God and His kingdom and His ways and how to live it out and how He's meeting you and what He's saying and you're contemplating that and it's shaking you to the core? I think if we could grab a hold of that, it would really be transformative. I think we settle. Way too much. And, and then he said this, the second one is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Oh my goodness. I think if we tried to put that into practice, it would be a radical thing. It would, it, it would change lives. People would wonder, where did you come from? Why, why are you doing this? We've never seen anybody live the way that you're doing and, and love me the way that you're doing. Why are you doing that? I, I think if we jumped into these things with our whole hearts, we'd be willing to leave our pocket handkerchiefs behind and go running out on an adventure. I think this is so much bigger than, than what we typically give it credit for that it doesn't even really compare. It will turn our worlds upside down. To follow after Jesus. It would turn our worlds upside down if we really jumped in and saw what happened. How many of the other disciples do you think wished that they had gotten out of the boat? 
How many of them looked at Peter that night or, or the next day or, or, or years later and said, dang it, why didn't I get out with him? I think Matthew was one of the ones that did. I don't know how many did, but, but out of all, we have four main biographies of Jesus written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew's the only one that talks about this. Mark didn't even tell about it. And Mark, we think Peter told Mark what to write down. Peter didn't bring it up. Peter might have been embarrassed. I don't know. But, but not even Mark talks about Peter getting out of the boat. But Matthew does. I think something about this grabbed a hold of Matthew. I think it, 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 it left in me. I, I think Matthew had some regret that he didn't jump out with Peter. That's what I think. I think he knows he missed out on an adventure. And it stuck with him. And years later, when he was writing down all the stuff he could think of uh, about who Jesus was, he's the one that thought of this. I think he wished he would have had the adventure. How many of us are content just staying in the boat and waiting on Jesus and never getting anywhere, not even going walking speed. It continues. Peter got down out of the boat when Jesus said come, and what did he do? Come on now. He walked on water. How cool is that? I mean, do you wish you'd had that experience? Seriously, who here would love to do that? Oh, come on now. Really? I would love to do that. Can't imagine the stories that you can tell after that. You know, what would it be like? I mean, was it like ice skating? I don't know. Was it like walking in a puddle? I don't know, but I wish I knew. And he did it. He got out of the boat and walked on water. That is amazing. But then, when he saw the wind, he was afraid. Now, pause. Time out. Anytime you go on an adventure, anytime you get out of a boat, there's going to come a time when you're afraid. Fear is not the problem. Fear is the opportunity for courage. You cannot be courageous or brave if you're not afraid. Fear is not the problem. The problem was Peter stopped. He came to a halt. The language that's here implies that very thing. It wasn't that he was like, oh, I don't know. It's that he stopped moving forward. And then he began to sink. And we know it because of what Jesus said to him. He, he, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And what did Jesus do? He saved him. Let that be a comfort to you. If you're considering asking God for an adventure, guess what? He's going to be there with you and, and he is fully able to save you if you start to sink. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. That means... Your faithfulness wasn't enough. You weren't faithful enough. You're, you're, you didn't have enough evidence of, of the belief that got you to get out of the boat. He said, why'd you doubt? Which means, why did you stop? 
It doesn't mean we all have those things. I don't know if this is going to work. How many of you have kept on trying to meet the deadline, even though in your head you're like, I don't know. I don't know if I can meet the deadline. But you met the deadline. Anybody? I see. Okay, how many of you have been like, I don't know, I'm scared of doing whatever it is, giving the speech in front of class, uh, finding the job. How many of you have had that fear and didn't know if it was going to happen, but you kept on going and it happened? Okay, you have had doubts in your head. The problem was not the doubt in his head. The problem was he stopped moving forward. How many of you have done that? You've had the doubts, the fears, and so you stopped. I have too. That's the problem. It's stopping when we could otherwise move ahead. The problem is not fear. The problem is not the questions and the doubts that come up. The problem is, are you stopping? Because you're either moving forward or you're sinking down. Adventures... Bilbo experienced this. Uh, Frodo experienced this. Any epic that you've ever read or seen on TV, the hero always has to keep moving forward. And when you stop moving forward, you start sinking down. Don't let your fears keep you from doing what God has invited you into. A lot of times we're just more comfortable sitting in the boat. I get it. But you may be missing out. Now, we, we had an experience yesterday. His big house has been, uh, over the past two weeks, giving away backpacks uh, in communities. You know, uh, We went to an apartment complex. This is a group that went to give away the backpacks. A number of you that are sitting in this room or watching on, on the Internet right now were there. It was a big group, you know, so there we were, and there's, yay, you know, we're all done. Gave away nearly 400 backpacks. I, I was I was there yesterday. When I got up yesterday morning to get ready, I didn't want to go. I was comfortable at home. I, wasn't, I was like, I don't have to get out of the boat. And I didn't. I didn't have to get out of the boat. I was like, you know, it's it's a bit of a hassle. I still have a sermon I've got to finish. Um it's, uh, you know, I'm going to have to talk to a bunch of people. I'm just, I'd rather not. But I went, and it was cool. It was really neat. There are a lot of good conversations. There are a lot of happy faces. There were kids that were getting excited about going back to school. There were moms and dads and grandparents who got to cross something on the, off of their list. Some of them didn't know how they would have been able to cross it out on their own. They, they may not have had the funds to go and get their own backpacks and school supplies. And, and they were given that, and they were loved on, they were talked to and laughed with. And we, it was a great time. I rode there in the, the U-Haul that we used with Sean Price, who headed it up. I rode back with him. Riding back with Sean Price, let me tell you what, the dude was excited. He was like, I loved this. I would do this all the time. I want to do this more. I'm like, that's awesome. We should. We should do it more. He said, we had five families that asked about church. They were interested in coming to church. Like, dude, that's amazing. He said, you know, there's so many people that are are interested. They want their, their children to be poured into and mentored, which is what Big House does so well. Disciples, kids. 
Um, he loved it. There was the sense of God actually being there with us. Isn't that a great thing? Have you all ever sensed that at times? Anybody who was there yesterday, did you sense it's like, oh man, God's here. Yeah, there's this sense that God's there. When you're stepping out of the boat, you you figure out a little bit more. You get this little window, this insight, this revelation that, that helps you to figure out who God is, that he is real. He's able to keep you from sinking. He's able to help you walk on the water, to have the adventure, to see it through. You find out things about God. That's what happened to the disciples. You know, uh, Peter's helped up. He's, Jesus lifts him up. When they got back in, into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat, what was their response? They worshipped him. They had learned something about Jesus that they had not learned before. He said, truly, you're the son of God. When you step out of the boat on the adventures that God has invited you on, you will learn things about God that you won't learn anywhere else. But you got to do it. Go on the adventures. Ask for the adventures. Yeah, you'll be scared. Yeah, you'll have doubts. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah, it's inconvenient. Yeah, you'll forget your pocket handkerchief. But you're going to have an adventure that's going to rock your world, turn your world upside down. You get to tell the story. Peter got to tell the story for the rest of his life. He learned things about God that he never knew. You learn who he is. So what adventure has God invited you to join? What adventure have you asked God for? Have you, have you asked for the adventure of what it is to be a follower of Jesus, to be a part of his family? Have you joined in on, on what we're doing? Go love together. That's, that's kind of what we're doing. Go, go and be a disciple. Join the family. Make disciples. Make other family members out of people. Love them. Worship God and serve your neighbors. That's how you love. Love God and love your neighbor. You worship God and serve. Do it together, connect with, care for, grow with each other. That's what you do. That's where there's so much adventure wrapped up into that if we put our hearts into it. Are you willing to get out of the boat? Find your spot to jump in on this stuff. What is keeping you from going? What is stopping you from being faithful and finding out who he is? Do you feel that you're not up to it? Maybe an age thing, maybe a physical thing. I get it. I know it's it gets harder. But don't even let age or infirmity keep you from it. You know, Moses, they say, he was 80 years old before God called him. Lazarus was dead when Jesus called him. What about you? What can God call into your life? What adventure awaits you? Get out of the boat. Can I pray for us? Let's pray. 
God, you have made us in your image. You have made us and called us to be members of your very own family, sons and daughters of the Most High God. To know you, to discover things about you, uh, to help your kingdom come, your will to be done, to be your ambassadors, to fight against the spiritual forces that oppose you, to fight against dragons, as it were. To help people turn from death to life. Oh God, don't let us settle for anything less. Don't let us settle for anything less. May we ask you for the adventures. And would you invite us to come? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, all around the world today, people have been confessing.